This album is dedicated to all brothers and sisters. My men and my women. And yo, it's time. Put our hands together for Hip hop, hip hop. Cause who I'm talking about, y'all, is hip hop. The stories of hip hop, of rap music, are the stories of a million MCs who, inside of them, the words are coming, the words they need to make sense of the world around them. The words are witty and blunt, abstract and linear, sober and fucked up. And when we decode that torrent of words, by which I mean really listen to them with our minds and our hearts open, we can understand their world better, and ours too. It's the same world. This is Rhymes and Reasons. Oh, what's up? My name is Marilyn Camacho, or I go by Rubio, performer. I'm actress, rapper, director. I'm also one of the co-founders of Urban Theater Company here in Chicago. So overall, I'm just, I'm an artist. I try to do it all. I'm a Jill of all trades. A semi-master of some. <laughs> <laughs> I picked Queen Latifah's uh, UNITY. I grew up in Pilsen, and it was kind of funny being like the only Puerto Rican family in like the whole neighborhood. But like, given that my uncles and my brothers or whatnot, like they were all very, very heavy into the hip hop culture. Everybody was like about Beat Street, and like when Ice T came out with Colors, like that was a huge song in our neighborhood just because like it was so gang infested, and of all the craziness that kind of went on during that time. My brothers were both like B-boys, they were graph artists. So I always seen like had battles in front of the house, the mats out and they were always break dancing. Um, and then we used to, we lived literally like right across the street from Dvork Park, uh, which is still there to this day. So it was really kind of cool because Dvork Park during that time, like during the summertime, they always had like a lot of really cool summer programs for like the youth in the neighborhood. So everybody was always involved or taking classes. Like I took ballet classes there and dance classes. And my mom just always had us involved in that community center being that it was right across the street. It was nearby and at the time it was free. And there was always block parties going on during that time. So it was just a great time to be around. I was happy to be around it at the age that I was, which was like around nine or 10, and being just so heavily into like the hip hop movement during that time. I am a nightmare walking, psychopath talking. King of my jungle, just a gangster, stalking, living life like a firecracker, quick as my fuse. Been dead as a death, back the colors I choose. Red or blue, cause of blood, it just don't matter. Sucker died for your life when my shotgun scatters. Colors. The gangs of LA will never die. Just multiply colors. 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 Growing up in the neighborhood that I did, I seen a lot of abuse amongst the women, Latina women in particular in the neighborhood. I think that in some cultures, in some Latin cultures, there's a form of machismo that kind of happens in, in the households. And I witnessed it with some of the relationships within my own family, not my immediate family, but my uncles or whatnot, my, my cousins and stuff like that. And then just around the neighborhood, like stuff was very, 
very out in the open during that time. As a kid, you walked around and you've seen like some man slapping a woman in the face or talking down to them. And then me growing up, as I got older, into my teenage years, I used to hate walking, like going to the corner store and stuff like that, because I used to get just constantly harassed by like the boys in the neighborhood, and not only the boys, but like the grown men in the neighborhood always trying to talk to me and whispering and whistling and stuff like that. And I just dealt with that, like my whole teenage life, like growing up in that neighborhood. And it was like the most annoying thing. And I used to hate it. The ladies will kick it, the rhyme, it is wicked. Those that don't know how to be pros get evicted. A woman could bear you, break you, take you. Now it's time to rhyme. Can you relate to a sister's open up to make you holler and scream? Hey, yo, let me take it from here, queen. Excuse me, but I think I'm about to to get into precisely what I am about to do. I'm conversating to the folks who have no whatsoever clue. So listen very carefully as I break it down for you. Merrily, 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 high to happy over joy. Please, will all the beats and rhymes my sisters have employed? Look, as we're throwing down the sound, totally a yes. Let me state the position. Ladies first, yes? When I was growing up listening to like a lot of the hip hop that my brothers listened to or whatnot, I didn't really see a lot of female artists. Like I, I noticed MC Light. There was like a couple of other female artists, you know, Salt and Pepper and all them. But to me, Queen Latifah just kind of stood out. I seen her, I was like, damn, she is strong. She she came out. She was like, who are you calling a bitch? You know what I mean? She just came out with it. And she was like so bold so strong and like i remember immediately when like when she she came out with moni with moni love i remember when they did like she did her first couple videos you know she came out in like this african garb looking like this queen and i think that like around that time that's kind of when i started like really started really listening to the hip-hop getting more involved in it and not only that but like i started writing poetry i started to write that I would start listening to this music and like when I heard that song UNITY it was a really big song and I remember learning all the words to it and then like listening to all the situations that she put on you know how she was walking down the street and some dude was trying to holler at her and she's like smacked him dead and she punched him in his eye you know I remember watching the box and like MTV and I'm like oh my god she said bitch on TV and they didn't delete it they didn't mute it out you know <laughs> so like that was a big deal to us back then like because you know MTV they would like always like bleep out any type of like curse words but like they let her say it. To me, it was like a huge deal that this woman, she got away with that on TV when you had all these other hip hop artists doing all these different songs and they were always bleeping their curse words, but for some reason, they weren't bleeping that word when she said it. I think it had something to do with what the message was because it was like her first line. It was such a strong part of the song. You know, you gotta let them know you're not a bitch or a hoe, here we go, you know? And they aired that video a lot. And I know because I watched it all the time. <laughs> So like I always caught myself snapping on guys and hitting boys. I was that girl, you know, you would try to touch me. I was I was on you, you know, or my mouth was running. So like for her to make that big statement in the beginning 
talking about that, I was just like, yes, she's so right. And it's okay to say something back. And for me, like that was one of the big things dealing with that. And it wasn't just me. It was all, it was a lot of the girls, a lot of the girls that I hung out with, you know, we had to deal with that even in school. You know, you deal with that crap in school. Some of the boys are really immature and some of them will call you names if you didn't like them or whatever the case was. So as a teenage girl, for me, that was like my anthem. I blasted that song. I hit the bottom, there ain't nowhere else to go but up. Bad days at work give you an attitude and you were rough. And take it out on me, but that's about enough. You put your hands on me again, I'll put your ass in handcuffs. I guess I felt so deep in love, I grew dependency. I was too blind to see just how it was affecting me. All that I knew is you was all the man I had. And I was scared to let you go, even though you treated me bad. But I don't want to see my kids see me getting beaten by daddy smacking mommy all around. You say I'm nothing without you, but I'm nothing with you. A man don't really love you if he hits you. This is my notice of the zoo. I'm not taking it no more. I'm not your personal whore. That's not what I'm here for. Ain't nothing good don't come to you. Do you do right by me? And then talking about this girl, you know, how she 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 tries, she basically doesn't really value who she is. And I think that in grammar school and during high school, more so during high school, I had a lot of different groups of friends that I hung around with during that time. Every year it was always somebody different that I hung out with. And a lot of the girls that I knew, or most of them, they were very sexually active. And I, I'm proud to say I wasn't. I was like a shy one, you know? <laughs> I was like scared. I didn't date anybody, you know? Because I had my own insecurities and I was like 5'10", super tall. And, you know, I was just like towering above all the boys, you know? But I dealt with like these things with some of my closest friends where they had these boyfriends and some of them really treated them really bad to the point where, you know, I had a really close friend and she got physically abused by her boyfriend all the time. That was a song that really stuck out to me during my young years when I think about like women in general and just like powerful women you know and I think that Queen Latifah to this day she's a prime example of somebody who's kind of changed the scope at the time and even now of like ladies in hip-hop me now being into music the way that I am I still look up to her I still look at her and and I get compared to her sometimes sometimes people are like you're like the Latina Queen Latifah you know because of my message and because I'm very bold in the way that I approach my music it's very strong and my personality is very strong she was totally doing stuff that you just wouldn't see other female MCs like doing like after that yo-yo followed and lady apache you know you had like all these really cool artists who came out afterwards and started being a little bit more bold saying hey you know if the guys could do it we can do it too and we can do it better <laughs> you know We lived in Pilsen for like half of my life and then we moved further to the south side by, by Gage Park. Over there, it's, it was very heavily gang infested as well. So like 
we had to deal with that as well. My brothers, they they managed to stay out of it. I probably would say it's because they were very artistic. They loved to draw. They were all about graffiti and drawing, and that's what my brothers did primarily. And then besides that, they were part of breakdancing crews, which were their own little gang at the time, but they were more... I would say they were more productive. They were creative. They used to have like battles against the other dance crews and stuff like that. And that was something that more took up their time. And not only that, but just thank God that my uncles, my younger uncles, who were only a couple years older than both of them, they really looked up to them and they were part of breakdancing crews. But that's not to say that they didn't have friends that were part of these gangs and that they lost because they lost a lot of their friends during that time, you know, getting killed or whatever the case is. And, and I'm sure they hung out with them. I had my share of hanging out with gang members as well growing up. It just happens. That's just, that's who's in the neighborhood. That's who your friends become. I mean, it's not somebody you're looking for. It's just, that's who lives next door. <laughs> you know, that's who your neighbor is. So they, they managed to stay out of it and, until my brother ended up getting involved in, uh, drugs as far as like selling them and big big drug bust that he was eventually uh that he was involved in you know which is not something that i'm sure any of us are proud of he learned his lesson but when he did go to jail and he did his time he did have to join in jail for protection so it's a it's a crazy game being on the streets it's a it's one level but when you're inside it's a whole other level and i think it's a little bit more scarier when you're inside because they have their own set of rules and it was one of those things he didn't have a choice but he managed to still get his GED and finish up and he was still drawing and doing what he did from inside he would always send us pieces of artwork that he made you know while he was in there you know what I mean but you had to join in order to be protected because the officers the guards they're not going to protect you the guard the guards in there they're, they're watching their own backs <laughs> you know? we all know who rules inside and it's definitely not the officers through the hourglass through night and day and i watch as the games people play it's like do on to others then split and if you can't back up what you say then you ain't shit i've seen the manifestations of the street so i can manifest what i see on a drum beat like just last night you know what happened i watch these two vocals get in a crazy fight one of them was quick to pull a knife he stabbed him in the heart and now he's doing life in prison at the age of 21 living on death row cause he couldn't let go caught in the web of violence roll deep when they creep and move in silence of the lands yo a tattooed teardrop as the iron gate slams I grew up predominantly amongst Mexicans. All of my friends were Mexicans. The, the schools that I went to, most of the students were Mexicans, you know? And it was kind of weird because my uncles, they all grew up in Pilsen too. Like, and they had a building that they lived in. And then my other aunt and uncle, they also had their house in Pilsen as well. And they still live there to this day. They still in the buildings and they still live there. But I had another set of cousins that grew up on the north side that were from Humble Park from Logan Square, you know, where predominantly all the Puerto Ricans are at. So I remember as a kid, like, I would be so excited to like go visit my cousins. Cause like, yeah, we're gonna be by all the Puerto Ricans, you know, like <laughs> we're gonna be around our people, you know? And I remember going over there and being so like amazed and amused by like, all the people that were around because they're so different. Like Puerto Ricans were different. We just have 
there, there's just a different we're totally different from the Mexican culture you know musically food and just culturally and even the way that we look the way that we look we have three different bloods in us so some of us reflect more of the European blood some of us look more Taino Indian and some of us look more African American just kind of seeing that very variation of different types of people as a kid and I didn't really see that too much growing up in Pilsen that was definitely something that as a as a child you know I was always kind of curious and I was like man why why can't we grow on the grow up on the north side and so I could be around my people you know and really know what it feels like to be around Puerto Ricans. My brothers, they watched Beat Street, like they watched all like uh, Electric Boogaloo. It was my sisters too. And we would have like dance contests in our own house amongst us and our cousins. And freestyle and classics was really big during that time as well. So like freestyle and classics was also a big part of like the hip hop culture in general. Like cause they would they would do mashups with some of the hip hop songs and break it in with like classics and freestyle jams at the same time. So we were totally hip to it and up on it. I grew up in a family where like all my brothers and sisters, we were up on our music. We were up on our music videos. During that time, you had to catch the late night videos at like one, two in the morning. We would stay up till one, two, three in the morning with our VHS tapes and we would record videos. I have boxes still at home of VHS tapes of all the old school videos from back in the day because we used to stay up. That was like our hobby. We were very much aware of it. We were very much aware of the style and it was very reflective in the way that my brothers dressed. My brothers were all about the Pumas, the Adidas, Kango hats, the track jackets, the bandanas around their head, on their arms, my sisters with their rubber bracelets, the rubber shoes, and, and like just the tights and stuff and the way that they did their hair. They were very, they were very up on it. My family, we've always kind of been hip to stuff. When we had our family parties, it was very different. My uncles would put the speakers, the radio on the speakers, it would be in the front windows with the salsa merengue blasting out and you knew the Puerto Rican family had a party going on. And we would be out there till three, four in the morning, still partying. You know, we'd have the yard and people would be dancing back there and stuff. And honestly, like, we were really embraced because a lot of the Mexicans, like a lot of our friends around the neighborhood, like they loved when we had parties because they would want to come and like, we want to try your arroz con gandules and you know, your lechon and like all the wonderful dishes that we had, you know. It was kind of fun. I, I you know, it, it was a double-edged sword. You know, sometimes I enjoyed being who I was and sometimes I was like, oh, why am I the only one that's here in this neighborhood? And so it had its ups and downs, but for the most part, it was pleasant. <laughs> One time, yeah, yeah. Yo, all I need is one mic, one beat, one stage. Nas is one of my favorite MCs. One of my all-time favorite MCs. Like Illmatic is one of my favorite albums of all time. I am pretty much the majority of his albums, the Lost Mixtapes. He's just, he's always been such a street poet. He has a certain flow that is not really common. It's very distinct. And when you hear it, you're like, that's Nas. Look for me, lost in the world with 96 body and Clyde, me and my girlfriend. 
I got heavier into like the hip hop game and like actually, well, I guess you could say really starting writing and rhyming. He was a very big influence on me. I started third year of high school and honestly like Tupac was also another big influence. And I could say like when he came out with me and my girlfriend, like that whole album, I like knew that album back and forth and me and my girlfriend was the first song actually that that I was I, I was inclined to write all the words down. I wanted to know every single word. So I, I wrote all the words down and you know, I would walk around the neighborhood with my girl and one time I was like, Hey, I wanna spit Tupac song. You're like, You wanna hear it? You know? <laughs> and she like like, Yeah, sure, go ahead. So, you know, I'd start I'd start the, you know, all I need in this life is it is you know, and I, I just went ahead and just did all the verses. And she's like, man, she's like, you know, even though it's his song, you sound really good doing it. Like, you should think about writing some more rap. So I, I did. So I, I went home probably that night and I stood up to like one, two in the morning and I just, I just wrote. I wrote about my friends. I wrote about the gang life. I wrote about growing up in the South Side. I, I, I wrote about just everything that I was probably going through at that time. And I would practice. I would stay home and I would memorize it and I, was pra I would practice it. And my girl, my girlfriends, my neighborhood girls, those were the girls that I would spit it to. I would be like, what do you guys think? I was still shy about it, even though I wrote poetry at the time. But to me, this was totally different because I had to have a certain cadence and I have to have a certain delivery of how I delivered the words. And they, they, they would be like, damn, dude, you're good. You're good. Keep doing it. You know, keep doing it. So I'm like, okay, you know, so I would get excited and like, I was just always writing rhymes, you know, and the next thing you know, like there was one or two guys in the neighborhood who actually happened to be gang members who like would hang out with us and like they would try to rap and stuff in the car, like when we'd hang out and they're like, Marilyn knows how to rap. I'm like, shut up. No, I don't. They're like, yeah, Marilyn knows how to rap, rap something. And I'm like, no, no, I'm shy. I don't want to. You know, like, they're like, do it, do it, just do it. And I'm like, okay, fine, fine. So I like, I did my little rhyme or whatever. And the guys were like, damn, you're good. You know, you're good. Next thing you know, like I started trying to write battle raps. Cause one time some guy tried, like he were hanging out and he just like totally tried to rip me into shreds with like a rhyme. And I was like shocked. I didn't have any type of comeback. I really didn't know how to freestyle. All I kn knew how to do was write. So I remember writing like maybe two or three battle rhymes. And I always had them memorized in the back of my head. Like if they ever try to test me, I, I'm gonna pull these out. <laughs> I'm gonna pull him out and one day like one of them did he tried and I I'm telling you he was so embarrassed because I got him so good okay I got him so good from there on out like it was encouraged my girlfriends were like dude you got to keep doing this you're 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 good you got to keep doing it 
Yo, all I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front my face on the front page. Only if I had one gun, one girl, and one crib, one God to show me how to do things in Sunday pure, like a cup of virgin blood mixed with 151. One sip will make a nigga flip, writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit, mad violence. Who I'm gon' body this hood politics, acknowledge it. bodies chopped up in garbages. Seeds watch us grow up and try to follow us. Police watch us roll up and try knocking us. One knee, I duck. Could it be my time is up? With my luck, I got up. The cops shot again. Bust stop glass burst. A fiend drops his Heineken. Ricocheting between the spots that I'm hiding in. Blacking out, I shoot back. Fuck getting hit. This is my hood. I'm a rap to the death of it. To everybody, come on. Little niggas is grown. Hood rats, don't abortion your wound. We need more warriors soon. Sit from the stars, sun and the moon. And it's like a police chase. The street sweepers and coppers. Stick up kids with no conscience. Leaving victims with doctors. If you really think you ready to die. When I got to college, that's when I really started trying to take rhyming like super serious. So I went to Barrett College of DePaul and Lake Forest, a small college. I studied theater there, acting and directing. But while I was there, like there was like these really cool uh, West Coast hip hop dudes who came from like Cali, like they were hardcore West Coast hip hop dudes. And like we, we kind of clicked and I ended up hanging out with these guys all the time and we would record and that's who I would write with. We kind of became a click and um, we had the open mics on the college campus and I was really just about the hip hop life. I was a total backpacker and just hardcore with it. But Nas for me was like the cream of the crop. You couldn't tell me anything like that was my favorite MC. When he came out with one mic, I was like, this is so, it was just so awesome at the time because going through the stuff that you go through in college, you're experiencing a lot of different experiences and you're learning who you are. And sometimes you don't have an escape. For some people, they don't have escapes. They don't have something that they can actually throw themselves into and kind of get away from the daily hassles or whatever it is that they're going through in life. So for me, like Nas was like, when he came out with that song, I was like, damn, like all I got is one mic. And for me, it just made me think about like the times that I was stressed out over whatever I was stressed out at. And all I knew was that all I had was my pen, my, my pad, and this little mini microphone that I had or my little recorder. And to me, that was my mic. You know, he, he was like, you know, all I got is one mic, one beat and one. He just went off. All I need is one blunt, one page and one pen, one prayer. Tell God, forgive me for one sin. Matter of fact, maybe more than one. Look back at all the hatred against me. Fuck all of them. Jesus died at age 33. There's 33 shots from twin blocks and 16 apiece. That's 32, which means one of my guns was holding 17. 27 hits your crew, six winners to you everybody gotta die sometime hope your funeral never get shot up bullets tear through the innocent nothing is spare niggas roll up shooting from wheelchairs my heart is racing tasting revenge in the air i let this shit slide for too many years too many times now i'm strapped with a couple of max too many nines if y'all niggas really with me get busy load up the semis do more than just hold it explode the clip until you empty there's nothing in our way they bust we bust they rust we rust let brian feel it i feel it in my gut that we take these bitches to war lie them down cause we and then came back and it was just like it calmed it all down all i got is one mic and it was just so like the 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 feeling of that song was just so powerful to me he really captured the essence of like 
the struggling artist who is dealing with whatever issues and whatever bullshit that they're going through and sometimes doesn't want to keep doing the art that they do or sometimes feels like, man, fuck it, I'm not gonna do this. Why am I doing this? For what? But you know, at the end of the day, you know that you love it and you have to do it. And it's not because you feel others are pressuring you to do it, but it's just because you have a need to do it. You have to do it because you love it and you have to have some type of expression and you have to have a getaway. Music at the time, rhyming hip hop, that was my getaway. All I need is one life, one try, one breath, I'm one man. What I stand for speaks for itself. They don't understand and want to see me on top. Too egotistical, talking all that slick shit the same way these bitches do. Wonder what my secrets is. Niggas will move on you only if they know what your weaknesses. I have none. Too late to grab guns, I'm blasting. Cause I'm a cool nigga. Thought I wouldn't have that ass done. Food you niggas, what you call an infinite brawl, eternal souls clashing. War gets deep, some beef is everlasting. Complete with thick stars. Brothers knifing each other up in prison yard. Drama, where does it start? You know the block was ill as a youngster Every night it was like a cop would be killed Body found in the dumpster, for real a hustler Purchased my range, niggas throwing dirt on my name Jealous cause fiends got they working to play Bitches left me cause they thought it was finished Should've knew she wasn't true, she came to me When a man caught a sentence, diamonds are blinding I never make the same mistakes Moving with a change of pace, light a load See now the king is straight, swelling my melon Cause none of these niggas real hurting Were telling police how can a kingpin square This is crazy, I'm on the right track He's dealt with a lot of that criticism. People were always saying that he contradicts himself in his music. And they're like, you, what do you want to do, Nas? What do you want to be? You want to be the street rebel? Or do you want to be the street disciple? Or what, now you want to preach to the kids? What, what do you want to be in music? People love to put you in a box as an artist. People love to say, you are this. This is what you do. You know what? You sound like this person. And that seems like it's working for you. So you know what? You should stick to that. That's what you should do. And I love Nas so much because he's transitioned because he's made so many different records. And I'm sure that he has been misguided along the way to put out hits. Hence, Uchi Wally. <laughs> We all remember Uchi Wally. Okay. <laughs> Yo, we got chicks in the living room getting it on, and they ain't leaving till six in the morning. Oh, it's for Uchi. Oh, you ain't know how many O's in the bankroll. Sort of like the game show. Who wants to be a millionaire? But my name ain't Regis. Nah, it's the one they call when they want their thing beat up. Honey's for bodies, feet, brave hearts, guns in the party. Waves, braids, baldies, trademarks, the army. Is that horse? It must be. I heard he husky. For me, I see that he's managed to keep growing and keep changing. And no matter what, people are going to criticize you because you're growing and you're changing. And sometimes as fans, we become very selfish. We love an artist. Like I still am dying for Mary J. Blige to give me another My Life album, but I know it's not going to happen. That was a certain part of her life. Whatever she was going through at the time with Mr. Casey and the abuse that she dealt with, she poured it into that album. And that's still, that's one of my favorite albums as well. But I know I'm never going to get another My Life. I just have to take that and run with it and have it on repeat and call it a day because I know I'm not going to get another one. Just like people want another Illmatic. You didn't get another Illmatic, but you did get a Stillmatic. And Stillmatic was a great album. That was a great album. One Mike will never get old. That's a classic. 
and it's and it's relevant and it's always going to be relevant because he's talking about something in particular that is close to him close to his heart and close to what he does and and in that aspect a lot of people can relate to that because it was also his fuck you song it was like fuck you guys you can say i'm this you can say i'm that but this is what i do and at the end of the day i'm an artist so if you want to shoot me if you want to persecute me for being an artist well then so be it but i know that this is what i do i do it well and it has many different permutations but you have to respect it at the end of the day and as an artist i can relate to that Called you again. Remember when he told you he was about to Benjamin's? Uh -huh, yeah. You act like you ain't him, they give him a little trim to begin. Now you think you really gonna pretend like you wasn't down and you called him again. Plus, when you give it up so easy, you ain't even fooling him. If you did it then, then you probably can. Talking out your necks and you're a Christian. A Muslim sleeping with the gin. Now that was the sin that did Jezebel in. Who you gonna tell when the repercussions? Oh, Lauren Hill. I love that woman. I love Lauren. I love Lauren so much. And I just, I'm, I'm dying for another album from Lauren. When she came out with that album, I was, I was a junior in high school. It was like everybody, everybody was in love with that album. It blew everybody away. I know as a young teenager, I was like, holy shit, like, what am I listening to? My God, like, the instrumentation, the, 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 the how the whole song was orchestrated, the, the, the concept of the album of being a student and trying to figure out what love is. It, it was just so powerful and so strong to me. And then to encounter a woman who equally is phenomenal as a singer as she is a lyricist, like, that was just... That, that was just on a whole other level. For, for me and for everybody that was around me, all of my friends were like, man, this woman is a monster, she's a beast. It's funny how money changes situation. Miscommunication lead to complication. My emancipation don't put your equation. I was on the humble you on every station. Someone play young Lauren like she done. But remember not to game the one of the sun. Everything you did has already been done. I know all the tricks from bricks to Kingston. My ting done made your king done one wrong. To understand El Boogie, not violent. But different things test me, run to me, can't take a threat to me. I was going through, I guess you could say, like my own little thing at the time, figuring out as a young girl what's wrong with me. How come I don't have a boyfriend? And how come I'm like scared to kiss? And like, how, I'm, how come I'm so scared to like have sex? Think about sex. And I think it's also probably because I've been traumatized. I was traumatized maybe when I was like in the freshman year, like, you know, you take the sex education class and they showed you these videotapes of like all these disgusting, like sexual diseases. And like, I think that really <laughs> impacted me in a huge way that I was just scared. <laughs> Seriously, I was scared, like scared shitless. Like I was like, I don't want to kiss a boy. What if I get something on my mouth? And you know, I was just scared. So I was probably one of the few students that actually that those videos really impacted me in a strong way because I was terrified. I was terrified. <laughs> so um, 
being like already a, a young adult, it was a time where, you know, I was also becoming a little bit more rebellious, hanging out with my friends later. I was a little klepto. I liked to steal at the time. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and I was being rebellious, but I was also trying to find who I was. And when listening to that album, she was she was that was a really big like stress reliever album for me you know whenever i dealt with whatever drama at home or getting mad at my parents because i was rebelling i wanted to go out and stuff like that and they would say no or i would be on punishment like i would lock myself in my room and i would just blast her album and that was my go-to album that was like my album where i could just like just get caught up in the lyrics and the stories and everything that she was saying The one particular song that that really uh, struck to me was When It Hurts So Bad. I love that song. Going into college or whatnot, still wasn't very involved in any relationships. I never really had a real boyfriend, but I ended up messing around with somebody during that time and I was I caught myself being kind of infatuated with this person. And even after college, I was still infatuated with this person. and. I, I, I thought at the time I was in love with this person. And no matter what I did, no matter what I tried, I, I, I couldn't have him. No, no matter what I tried to do, and I felt that I could somehow have him and I, could, I couldn't have him for whatever circumstances it was. And that was a very dramatic, very emotional time for me after I got out of college and I came back to the city because I was still trying to, I was still dealing with this person. and. Me being the loyal person that I am, you know, I reserve, I reserve my heart for this person. When you do that, sometimes you, you block other blessings that might come into your life. And I think I probably had probably blocked a couple other blessings that could have came into my life. But it was one song that really just struck a chord with me because it got to a point where I knew that this person was bad for me, but I kept coming, I kept going back to it. followed me throughout my life and my relationships you know where I I'm with somebody I know it's not right I know I'm not supposed to be with this person you know or or I like to fight fight the fight the fact that this person is probably not the right person for me but I because of whatever case I'm in love with that person or I feel like no we're compatible we're supposed to be together that's who I'm supposed to be with you become you, you get into this like state of denial where you feel like you, you know in your heart, you feel in your heart, this is who I'm supposed to be with. And you 
don't look at all the other faults you don't look at all the other things that are wrong with the relationship and as of recent you know i try to rekindle something with someone and it's kind of hard because you open up your heart you open up your heart again you had it shut for a while and you open up your heart to this person again hoping that something's going to happen and something's going to change but it's just not but I- addicted to like the drama sometimes (laughs) it's not because i i want it it's because i'm looking for the attention that i'm not necessarily getting in the relationship so i put myself through this like emotional turmoil and pain because i am looking for that person i'm looking for that person to to relate to me on that level and and to finally be in harmony with this person but it's just all comes to the realization that that person's just not for me because love shouldn't be a battle. It shouldn't be a battlefield. You shouldn't have to always be fighting it. And you shouldn't always have to be in pain going through the process of figuring out if it's right for you or not. It should be organic, it should be natural, and it should be enjoyable. And I'm starting to learn that. personal way I hold in a lot of stuff I hold in a lot of grief a lot of stress a lot of pain I don't cry often so when I do cry it's like the it's a wretched pain that I'm going through but I'm releasing it and it feels really good it fucking kills me and it hurts me and I'm heaving because I'm crying so hard but it feels good at the same time because I'm finally letting things out And that is something that has traveled with me since I was a little girl. I totally understand what Lauren was saying in that song. It it hurts so bad, but it feels so damn good because you know, you know that you're releasing something, you know, that you've had to have released, that you should have released a long time ago because you've held it in so much for such, such a long time. The pain, that pain is just, it's just so much more greater. But the, the relief and the stress of knowing that you're getting rid of it, it makes it all worth it.
I think her rawness really did come across on that album. And when she she made that album, she was going through that whole thing with uh, Marley, you know, with her 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 husband or whatnot. I guess there was all those rumors of infidelity, and she had just had her baby. And she wrote that album. It was very raw. It was very organic. A lot of people don't haven't listened to or didn't take the time out to listen to her um, unplugged album that she came out with a couple years after which to this day like i love that double disc album i love it but i can only listen to it so much because it's one of those albums where she poured her heart so she poured out so heavy on that album like i remember i was with my best friend i had just bought it from the store and she was in the car with me and i'm telling you the whole time that we listened me and her were just bawling like babies in the car like we're just crying because Lauren struck so many notes within both of us. And the fact that her voice was so raw on the unplugged, and she talked about that. She talked about about having the freedom of not having to have a perfect voice at all times and not have to feel like she has to hit every note perfectly at all times. And on that unplugged album, oh, she hits a lot of bad notes. And even her guitar playing, it's not it's not at the best level but it's at a it's a it's at a good enough level where it's raw but you can still feel the emotion and everything that she's going through but throughout the whole thing and i even watched it on mtv when she did it live i watched it she talked about that she's like this is my voice this is what it is it's natural hey this is what it is accept it i'm not i'm raspy sorry she takes a cup you know she takes a sip of her water this is what it is they've got so much things to say They've got so much things to say you They've got so much things to say right now They've got so much things to say you I'll never forget to know where you How they crucified Jesus Christ She became kind of like this poster child for like raw perfection, like emotional and and feelings and relationships and kind of looked at as like a musical genius because she was able to deliver so brilliantly and so beautifully on the miseducation. And also too, she had all that credit given to her, which in in, in reality, she shouldn't have taken credit for that whole album because a lot of the musicians that were involved within that whole process in my research they had they had a hand in some of the the songwriting and they definitely definitely had a hand in the actual production of the song i think because of the fact that it was put out there in that way she kind of created her own jail she kind of created her own her own little jail because you put your name on this like you created this whole thing all by yourself when you know you really didn't you did bring all the ideas forth and you were the vessel of which all this creativity was able to flow through but you did have a lot of people around you you had a lot of a lot of musicians around you that were very instrumental in making that album be as beautiful as it came out and i think that dealing with that reality probably it also probably broke her down because you can only run from the truth for so long i felt like that was why on the on when she came out with the unplugged album it was very a very strong thing for her to basically make that clear like this is who i am it's raw 
and you guys are just gonna have to accept it. I'm not gonna hit every note. Hey, I just started learning the guitar a couple of weeks ago. I just wrote this song when I was in the shower the other day, and this is the first time I'm doing it in front of you guys. So I hope you guys like it. Moving down the streams of my lifetime Pools of fascination in my sleep Cooling off the fire of my longing I was able to understand that. I was definitely able to understand that. Because as artists, we beat ourselves up, man. We beat ourselves up because we're trying to have a certain sound. When somebody hears the song, we, we, we have in our heads like, man, I want a person to, to feel what I'm feeling at this moment. And if it doesn't come across that way, or if you feel it doesn't, it's not reaching, you beat yourself up as, as an artist because you're like, man, I could have did better. I could have hit this note better. I could have did this better. I could have presented it better. And, and a lot of times, man, it's not, that's not what it is. That's not what it's about. It's about being an artist and, and expressing yourself freely. And however imperfect that may be, it's still your art. And people can either accept it or they're not going to accept it. You are expressing yourself in the best way that you know how and how organically you know how. And I think that's what she's doing now. I mean, she's traveling the world with this album and she's, she's still one of my favorite artists. And she's definitely, out of all the female MCs out here, she's my favorite MC, hands down. that women are emotional beings and she really put herself out there emotionally in a way that at the time when she put that album out no other female had and because of it she swept up all the grammys and she was literally i mean instantly raised to this level it was it's one of those levels where people look at you like oh my god you're it, actually, it's almost like Whitney Houston. When people first heard Whitney Houston in her voice, to this day, people are like, nobody can sing like Whitney Houston. Nobody can reach those notes as perfectly as that woman has reached them. When she did I Will Always Love You, that was like an epic song. And I think Lauren Hill has been able to filter the, the whole emotion, emotional struggles that women go through and really just putting that out there. And a lot of times we get criticized for being too emotional. And especially in hip hop, because it's such a male dominated industry. She was able to talk about the emotional things, really put it out there, but she'll still show her skill as an MC. You couldn't knock it. You couldn't, you could not sit there and say that Lauren Hill does not have skills on the mic. You know, regardless if she was talking about her relationships, her children, her love, whatever it was, you could not knock it. Your whole style been 
I think hip hop matters because it's the voice of the youth. It's the voice of the people. It's the voice of the inner city. And it's the voice of the struggle. And without that, without that, I feel that um, everything will be one dimensional and you can't really understand what it's really like to really live in the struggle of what a lot of the people in the inner city deal with. And that's where hip hop started. So without that, I think the authenticity, the history of hip hop and where it started, all of that will be lost.